0: Hey guys, welcome, welcome. Um, Let me share my screen with you. Um, In this video, we are going to be discussing the language of business. Um, This is kind of your mini accounting terminology class. Okay, so this um, entire module is kind of um, a very condensed version of what I would teach in the first um, probably in the first like week of an accounting course okay so you're gonna kind of get all of the language and terminology and then we're going to talk about um, in the next video we're going to talk about what we do with all that language and terminology and what the reports look like okay so I tell all my students this, accounting is a language, it's not a math class. You know, I think a lot of people think that accounting requires complex mathematics and bookkeeping requires complex mathematics. Um, Honestly, the most difficult math that we do, um, I mean, even in taxes would be multiplication and division. Um, so basically you're talking like fourth grade math. Now, the probably as a bookkeeper, you probably won't do any math at all. Um, you might have to add or subtract rarely. Okay. But that's about it. Um, the software does all the rest of it for you. Um, I want you to remember that we're using numbers to tell a story, but the terms, the terminology, that's the important part. Okay, so um, I know like a lot of people get freaked out about math. Um, they're in bookkeeping. There is very, very rarely any math at all. Um, if there is any at all, and like I said, if if you come upon the rare chance where you might have to do some mathing, it would be addition and subtraction. Okay. All right, so let's start with an account. So the reason it's called accounting is because we are we are accounting for what the company is spending its money on, right? And so typically when, you know, you're gonna hear the word account a lot as we go through this. And outside of accounting, when we hear the word account, you typically think of a bank account. But in accounting, an account is a bucket that we assign money to. Okay. So the way I kind of think of it is um, you know, imagine that you've got um, those of you that know Dave Ramsey know the envelope system. Each of those envelopes would be an account, okay, in the accounting world. Um, and I think that's a really good way to think about it. But if you want to think about, you know, you've got all of these different buckets set, you know, in front of you. And when you're going to spend money, right? So think about like your own home, okay? Um, So when I think of what I spend money on at home, um, I spend money on groceries, right? That's one of my buckets. That would be an account. Um, I put money into savings. That's one of my buckets. I put money into... Eric's 529 plan that's a bucket. I put money into our retirement that's a bucket. I put um I spend money on um clothing that's a bucket. Um you know you may if you've got debt right you're putting money against maybe your student loans or your car loans each one of those is a bucket. Okay? So accounting is all about accounts, right? And we're putting money into those accounts into those buckets. Okay. Um, and we give each one of those buckets a name. And then um, we you know the software will get a total for how much we've put into each of those buckets. Um and that's kind of that's the, the main basis for what we're doing. Okay, so really the the majority of your job as a bookkeeper is to you know, take, download all of the transactions into the software and then tell each of those transactions um, which bucket they're supposed to go into. Okay, and that's that's the main part of your job and then the software kind of does the rest of it. So what you need to be really diligent about is understanding um, those buckets, what should go in them, um, and making sure I think one mistake that I think a lot of business owners make and a lot of bookkeepers make is they create too many buckets, um, especially when it comes to the cost of running their business. Um, they create way too many buckets. Um, the other thing I find is that there generally are problems with um, the, the types of accounts and let's, let's talk about that a little bit. So in accounting, there are five types of accounts, okay? All of your buckets will fit into one of these five types. And the five types are assets, liabilities, equity, revenue, and expenses. Some of these you might be familiar with because you've heard these terms before. Uh, But we're gonna go through all of them and I'm gonna give you examples of all of them. Um, the, The key thing when you're setting up the accounting system, no matter which software you're using, is that each of the buckets is set to the right type, okay? Um, and sometimes the software is really good about helping you, you know, it'll it'll actually break these down into more types of accounts than just the five, but these are really the five um, that we use in accounting and that we focus on. Um, And when I teach you the the financial statements, you're gonna see why this is important. Okay, so first let's start with assets. So the easiest way to think of an asset is it's stuff a company owns, okay? So um, you can think of this as stuff a company could sell, right, Um, or could use to generate income. So in the US, assets are generally listed at historical value um, AKA the purchase price. So, um, if a business bought, let's say a building 50 years ago, whatever they paid for that building is what would be recorded on the books. So we don't, as the market value of an asset increases or decreases, we typically don't change it unless, um, it is permanent and that's something like the the tax accountant would let you know. Um, So some examples of assets. Uh, All your bank accounts would be assets and you would have an account set up for each of the bank accounts. So um, typically for checking accounts, I will name it checking dash the name of the bank. Okay, and the reason that I do that is because If a client changes banks, you would need to follow the old accounts until they got closed out, until they have a zero balance, Um, and then you would no longer use that bank account because that bank account's no longer being used, right? So if they switch banks, you'd have to set up new bank accounts in their accounting system um, and start using those. So... You know, I usually checking dash name of bank savings dash name of bank um, to keep them clear. Okay, I also have some clients that they use a system called Profit First, and so they might have uh, they might have seven to nine different bank accounts, and typically a couple of those are at a different bank. So you want to make sure that everything is named now if you do have multiple bank accounts then what you might want to do um is name them a little bit differently so if um for example let's say that um your client has a payroll account so they have an account that they put money in just to cover payroll and the taxes on payroll so that would be um so i would call that checking payroll name of bank Okay. Or you could just have checking name of bank and then payroll name of bank. The thing that I would do is I would be consistent. So, um, the reason that I like doing the name of the account, the type of account first, like if it's checking or payroll, um, or if it's profit first, you would have a profit account. You would have an operating expense account. Um, the reason that, I like the name first is because when you're typing into QuickBooks generally, um, or any of the accounting systems, as you're typing, it will narrow down the list um, of matching accounts. And I find that if you do the name of the bank first, you have to type in more stuff in order to get to the account you're looking for. So that's why um, that's why I've named them that way is cause that's like kind of back from when we used the desktop version, right? And the desktop version the search wasn't as, um, as good. So that's why I do it that way. Um, but like I said, just come up with like your procedure for how you're going to name bank accounts and be consistent across all your clients. Cause it's just going to make your life easier. If your bookkeeping practice grows to the point that you need to bring on help, then you've set up a naming convention that makes it easier for the people that you bring on. Okay, accounts receivable. So, okay, accounts receivable is the money that customers owe um, for work that you've done. So when you send out an invoice, right, that creates a receivable that your customer will then pay. The reason that that's an asset is because this is money that you are due. It is money that, um, you can go to court to collect. You can sell your accounts receivable to somebody else and they can collect it on your behalf. Um, and so that's why that's actually an asset. A lot of people, they kind of get confused with that. They're like, well, if somebody owes me money, how do I have an asset? Because somebody owes you money. Um, it's kind of like if you loaned, like, let's say, um, you loan an employee money and the employee's paying you back, the balance that they owe you is an asset. Okay. And that's something that you have the right to collect. Um, it's similar to, you know, basically you have a loan on the books that somebody owes you. Um, that's often called a note receivable or an employee receivable, um, so you don't, I see those more often in small businesses than I'd like to, um, but um, that's kind of an advanced, so it's a more advanced topic. Um, fixed or long-term assets, these are things like buildings, vehicles, um, expensive computer systems. Remember we said that anything that a small business purchases that is less than $2,500 does not need to be listed as an asset. And so, um, again, this is something that, you know, that you need to have a policy for with the client. Um, you want to check to make sure the client actually wants to do this because it's actually an election that they need to take on their taxes. So, um, when we do onboarding, we're going to look at, we're going to kind of have a questionnaire that you guys can use, um, regarding, you know, things that you need to ask the client as your, Bringing them on um, any security deposits that were paid so if your client rents office space and they paid a security deposit um, that's an asset because that's money that if they do you know if the building is okay when they leave they should get that money back um, so that's actually an asset um, also prepaid items are assets so if you pay Um, more than a year worth of insurance, or if you're having repairs done and you prepay the contract, or you're having a website built and you prepay um, for that website. Um, Now typically, if it's something that is going to get closed out by the end of the year, okay, um, or if it's something paid, like let's say we pay a year of insurance in advance, as long as it's not more than 12 months of insurance, you can, um, you can write off the whole thing as an expense, okay? But sometimes I've seen clients pay, pay insurance for multiple years or um, put, put a deposit down on a vehicle or put a deposit down on an asset, but then we don't actually take possession of the asset until after the year end. Um, those are prepaid items. Okay, liabilities. Now, typically, most people are pretty familiar with these. This is what a company owes. Um, So things like accounts payable, those are the bills that you've received that you have not yet paid, Um, outstanding credit card balances, um, car loans, bank loans, and something called unearned revenue. This is something that a lot of my students struggle with. Unearned revenue is... as a deposit that you or your customer has collected, but you have not done the work yet. So um, let me give you an example of this because it's something my students really struggle with. Okay, so Let's um, let's say that somebody hires you to do a large cleanup job for them. And you estimate that this is going to be a $3,000 job, okay, to clean up the year. And so you want, um, you want 50% down, right? So you want a $1,500 deposit. When the customer gives you that deposit, technically you haven't done the work yet, right? You haven't earned it, which means that if you don't do the work, you need to return the deposit. Um, so technically you have a, an obligation to that customer, right? You either need to do the work or you need to give them the money back. That's why it's a liability because you owe that customer $1,500 worth of work or their money back. That's why it's a liability, okay? Um, and we see this a lot in construction, um, you know, with big landscaping jobs. Um, a lot of service providers are collecting deposits or retainers. Um, from their clients so um, and the the, and I'll just to give you a little insight on the software the software does not record this properly what the software does is it actually records it as a negative receivable so you'll actually see the customers name and then a negative receivable Um, the software companies have not figured out how to do this unearned revenue liability thing yet um, so sometimes what we have to do at the end of the year is we actually have to do like a manual adjustment um, to make that happen. Okay, just give you a heads up. Okay, equity. Um, so equity is the net worth or the shareholder value on paper. It is not the same thing as the company value because the company value looks at what the company is actually worth. And we've already said that long term assets are listed at um at historical value, right Any other value that's built up in the company um, would not be reflected in equity basically it's it's literally net worth, and net worth is defined as assets minus liabilities um which is technically what equity is so um What I want to do with equity is I want to break it down based off of the type of company you're looking at. So remember back in module one, we talked about the different types of businesses. The reason that I went through all that with you was because it makes a difference in how your equity accounts are set up. Okay, so let's take a look at that. All right, so equity accounts are different for each type of entity, so make sure you know what type your client is when you set up their equity accounts. This should be part of your onboarding process. The software is gonna help with this, but it's not always perfect. Um, it doesn't do a great job with... Um, Capital accounts and contribution accounts. If there's more than one partner, it might set up two partners, but if you have more than two partners, it doesn't do very well. And typically, it calls them partner one and partner two. Um, you know, so it, it's not great with some of this stuff. So, okay, with a sole proprietorship um, or a single member LLC, an SM LLC is a single member LLC. Remember, those are the same thing. Um, they're both taxes and sole proprietorship. So this is how I like to set them up. I have an account called owner's capital, and this is basically the opening balance for the owner's capital account at the beginning of the year. During the year, the owner might make contributions either in the form of like putting money into the business if needed, um, Or sometimes owners will pay for things out of pocket and not want to get reimbursed. Um, so those are considered owner's contributions. Um, Owners draws, that's the money that owners take out of the company. Now you might have multiple accounts for this. So you might have owners draw and then you might have owners draw taxes, right? If the company is making the estimated tax payments for the owner. Um, owners draw health insurance because health insurance is deductible for income tax purposes but not for self-employment tax purposes Um, and so we need to know that number but it really shouldn't figure into um, it really shouldn't figure into the profit and loss it's considered a draw and then um, and if there are any other, you know, I, I really try to encourage my clients to to pay themselves on a regular basis and not pay for personal expenses. Um, but sometimes, um, owners will do that. Typically when they do, I might set up another account that's owners draw personal expenses, just because I want them to see how much money they're pulling out of the business. Um, and I want you to keep track of how many transactions that is. Cause I've seen some clients where um, we've done their bookkeeping and there have been, you know, 300 transactions a month and 200 of those are personal, honest to God. Um, and, but you charge them for that, right? Because you have to process all those transactions. So um, it's really good to be able to like print out that big list and be like, look, you spent all this money, you know, on personal transactions. And a lot of times if you can help a client um, not do that, then um, they'll probably actually spend less and they'll end up saving more money. So it's a really good thing um, if you're looking into, you know, helping people um, manage their cash a little bit better, that's a really good way to do it. Um, And then retained earnings. Now, retained earnings is actually an account that the software is going to set up for you. And basically what retained earnings is, is it is all the accumulated profit of the business. Um, And in the kind of advanced stuff towards the end, I'm going to show you how to take that retained earnings account and close it out um, at the end of the year. Okay, because ideally your owner's contributions account and your owner's draws account should only have one year, basically the current year's information in them. So we kind of have to do an entry to close that out, but I will show you how to do that. Um, That'll make you look like a superstar with the accountants. Okay, so um, for partnerships, for your um, multi-member LLCs or your traditional partnerships, you're gonna have these accounts for each partner except for retained earnings. So retained earnings will just be one account, Um, but for the partner capital accounts, um, you're gonna have one of these for each of your partners. And typically the way that I will set this up is I will do last name capital, last name contributions, last name draws. Um, And then if you need to do, you know, a draw for taxes and a draw for health insurance, those can be, um, you know, those last name draws health insurance, last name draws, um, you know, I've seen retirement, I've seen taxes, last name draws taxes, last name draws retirement, okay? Um, So you'd have one of those for each of, you'd have, all of those for each of the partners. That's where this is where the software does not do a good job. Because like I said, usually it's like partner one, partner two, and then you're like, wait, which one's partner one, which one's partner two? Um, So name them. Okay, again, set up naming conventions for how you're gonna deal with this. Um, Okay, and then for corporations, and S corporations and C corporations are very similar. Um, So you're gonna have common stock, Um, You may have additional paid in capital and additional paid in capital is the amount that they paid above the value of the stock. This is an amount that the accountant would give you um, or you can get it off the tax return. And if any of you run into this issue and you're not sure how much to put, um, shoot me a message and I'll show you where to get it um, on the tax return. You will have distributions for an S corporation and dividends for a C corporation, and then you'll have retained earnings. Um, for corporations, retained earnings does not get closed out. Um, it's actually an account that um, that stays open, okay? Whereas for sole proprietorships and partnerships, we typically close that out to the um, the owner's or partner's capital accounts, okay? So I know that this part sounds a little confusing, um, but once you get them set up and you start using them and you kind of say, okay, this is a sole proprietorship, so these are the ones I need to use, um, it actually becomes just kind of second nature, okay? It's just kind of making sure that you get it set up correctly in the beginning. Um, One thing you can do is you can actually print out the slide and we're also going to have um, we're going to have charts of accounts available for you, um, and it'll note you know in the equity section, you know what to do for sole proprietorship, partnership, um, and corporations. Okay, the next type is revenue, and this is your income um, or sales accounts. So, the the accounts that we use here, sales, if it's a product. Um, either services revenue or fees earned if it's for services you might have interest income so let's say you have a bank account that pays interest you might have interest income Um, if the company owns dividends which is very very rare um, if a company owns stock you might have dividend income you might have a general like other income account especially if you deal with a company that likes to sell its assets on a regular basis um a lot of people in construction and landscaping um they will they buy trucks and sell trucks and buy mowers and sell mowers and so you might want to have an other income account for those folks and then um you'd also under revenue um you would have something like sales returns and allowances or sales discounts. Um, And the reason that those are considered revenue accounts is because they offset your sales. So they're not really expenses, but they're really a decrease in revenue. Um, And those are called contra accounts. And the reason it's called a contra account is because they offset a revenue account. Okay. So, You're also gonna see um, there will be Contra Assets, or there could be Contra Assets. Um, Sometimes you see Contra Expenses, um, but that's pretty rare, but basically if you just think that they're an offset account, that's the best way to think of those. Okay, and then the last of our five categories is Expenses, and these are costs of Producing Income. So um, cost of goods sold is an expense. Um, And actually in most of the accounting software systems, cost of goods sold is actually, um, it's its own category that will be shown under expenses. Um, And this is only if you sell a product, you should not have cost of goods sold if you sell services. Um, And it's literally the, the product cost. You can have things like software, insurance, office expenses, dues and subscriptions, meals, education, and the list goes on and on. Um, you know, the thing that I would do is I would try to keep those buckets larger. Okay. Um, you know, so let's like for insurance, for example. You know, I've seen clients now health insurance for the owners, right, is a different, right? That goes under equity, but they'll have Um health insurance for their employees, life insurance for their employees, disability insurance for their employees, um, you know, general liability insurance, property and casualty insurance, um uh auto insurance. And they've got like, you know, so in all of these are separate accounts. You really don't need to do that. Um you know, if it's an employee benefit, you can have an account called employee benefits and put all that insurance under there, Um, put the rest of insurance under insurance and be done, okay? Um, the, the nice thing with the software is that if we need detailed reports on things, we can run them, but you don't need to, you don't need to have so much detail. It's the same thing like with revenue, right? So you might be thinking, well, why don't I have a revenue account for every single type of service that I do? Well, we can run reports on those. Um, there's lots of different revenue reports we can run, keep your profit and loss simple, okay? Um, I try to generally keep them one page for most of my clients, um, just because it's easier to look at, right? Um, if you start getting into you know 25 different income accounts and 75 different expense accounts, first of all, it makes your life a lot harder, right? Because you've got to put all the expenses into all those different categories but it makes it much more difficult for the owner to really get a good feel for what's going on in their business because there's just so many different accounts that they're trying to manage. Okay, so those five are the categories. Um, everything gets classified into an account that is under one of those. So if, you, you know, if you're working with a client and you're not sure where to put something, um, ask in the group. You know, that's that's what the Empower Bookkeeper Network is here for. It's to be your support system, to be your double check, to, to help you if you're not sure with something. And so um, I would, you know, highly recommend that um, you ask if you're not sure. One thing that I set up for all of my clients, if they're doing their own bookkeeping, um, they have an account called Ask My Accountant. And, um, if there's something that they don't know what it's for, then they will put it there, um, until, you know, I can kind of go through. I always tell the client to put a memo, um, in the, you know, in the transaction so that I know what they actually spent the money on, and then I can figure out where to put it. Um, if you're working with a client, you can use um, uncategorized expenses um, and then you can run a report from that and give that report to the client and say, hey, these things I did not know where to put them. Um, you know, can, you, can we go through these together or um, you can send it to them. You know, the nice thing with all these software packages is you can export things into Excel um, or Google Spreadsheets and you can send that to the client and add a column, you know, that says category and then ask the client to either give you a note on what they purchased or um, tell you where, you know, they would like you to put it. You're not expected to be, you know, like the all-seeing, all-knowing, right? Sometimes we just don't know what a client purchased. Um, You know, if a client buys something from Amazon, well, is that personal, is that business, is it office, is it computer? is it education? I don't know. Um, and so that's something that you have to go through with the client. And I'll tell you when I'm doing our books, we buy a lot of stuff from Amazon. Um, you know, I have to like go back through my, (laughs) go back through my Amazon history and be like, all right, what did we buy? Um, so that way I can categorize everything correctly. So don't be afraid to ask. Okay. Um, there's nothing wrong with asking questions. Um, And there's nothing wrong with going back to the client and saying, okay, we have these few transactions. What, you know, where should these go? Um, So, yeah. So, you know, but if the client tells you and you're not sure where to put it, then feel free to ask in the group because that's what we're here for. All right, guys, in the next video, we're going to talk about reports um, and some of the, the basic reports that we use in accounting. Um, So that way you understand what goes on them and how to read them.